Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hi, I'm Adam Brickmans, and today we're making Axes Wellington. This recipe was created by Emily Long, a field staff writer for Harvesting Nature and part of The Way We Hunt. She writes... Every year for Valentine's Day, Ryan and I try to get out of our comfort zone and try a new recipe for supper that night. It's kind of become a Valentine's tradition that one or both of us cook a crazy meal that we would normally not try. This year we went with Axis Wellington using backstrap from an Axis deer. But we're not a mushroom eating family. Absolutely hate them and Ryan mainly lives without them because of me. So I decided to sub mushrooms with bacon because well, who doesn't like bacon? Two days later, this Axis Wellington, hold mushrooms, bring the bacon, was the delicious result. If you're looking for a rewarding challenge in the kitchen, give this recipe a go. You won't be disappointed. Thanks, Emily. Axis deer may be unfamiliar to some of you, so let's get into them a little bit. Axis, also known as chital or spotted deer, are a medium-sized deer from the Indian subcontinent whose natural range covers India, Sri Lanka, Bangladesh, Bhutan, and Nepal. Outside of South Asia, they can also be found in Australia, Croatia, much of South America, and the United States due to introduction efforts. Axes are a beautiful specimen of deer with a golden red coat covered in white spots, much like a fawn. These white spots persist throughout the deer's entire life. Adult axes have a bright white patch on their upper chest and throat, and their tail is quite short compared to white-tailed deer. The antlers, which, like other deer, grow on males and shed every year, tend to be about three feet long and three-pronged. Axes are a bit like European fallow deer in appearance, although fallow deer have palmate antlers and are quite a bit smaller. Axis females can reproduce several times a year, and unlike most other members of the cervidae family, these deer practice monogamy. Most deer practice polygamy, having more than one mate, or polygyny, where one male has many female mates. Axes tend to have more genetic diversity and breed more often due to this monogamous lifestyle. 
like elk, axis deer are quite vocal and have several barks, bellows, and moans that they use to communicate. These sounds aren't quite as robust as an elk's bold bugle though. The story of axis deer in America starts in the 1860s when Hong Kong gifted the king of Hawaii with three bucks, four does, and one male fawn which were shipped to the island of Molokai. From there, they were brought to the island of Lanai and by the 1950s they had made their way to Maui, brought over for hunting opportunities. The deer quickly spread out as an invasive force, decimating farmers' crops, competing with local animals, destroying important ground-nesting bird habitat, and even stripping bark off the sacred Ohio trees. Axis seem to enjoy everything that farmers grow in Hawaii, including fruits, vegetables, and even sugarcane. The only native mammal, barring marine mammals, in Hawaii is a certain species of bat, so any mammal, especially one so large as an axis, is bound to wreak havoc in an unprepared ecosystem. Also, since the native flora didn't evolve with mammals, it didn't develop protective devices like thorns or poison to help protect it from grazing. Between farm fields and native flora, as well as many canoe plants, Hawaii is basically a smorgasbord for axis deer. Back on the Indian subcontinent, axis deer had a wide variety of predators, some including Indian wolves, crocodiles, foxes, eagles, Bengal tigers, pythons, leopards, wild dogs, bears, lions, jackals, jungle cats. This forced the evolutionary response of the aforementioned monogamy and quick breeding turnaround, which allowed the deer to produce a large number of offspring to offset predation. Hawaii had nothing to offer in terms of predators, so the deer quickly reproduced, spreading rapidly across every island they were brought to. These deer also helped spread non-native mosquitoes, pose challenges to Hawaii's delicate water system, and caused many traffic accidents and collisions. Despite hunting efforts used to control their population, axes quickly became a big problem. Hawaiians, very aware of how big a threat axis populations pose, have been doing their best to keep them off any island they haven't already populated yet, including Big Island. In 2012, it was discovered that a helicopter pilot had brought four of the deer over to the Big Island and was subsequently charged. Who knows how many other deer have been illegally brought over? Reducing the population of axis significantly and stopping the further spread of them has become a goal for many Hawaiian officials in recent years. Hunting definitely helps that, but wildlife managers are realizing that they may need to take other steps. Though there were only 9 deer introduced in Maui in the 50s, their population has grown to an estimated 50,000, well past the carrying capacity of the island. Hunters have removed an estimated 11,000 deer since their introduction, but population levels are hardly declining. Scientists believe that a removal rate of 30%, mostly females, every year is necessary to control the population. The government has also proposed fencing in 30% of the island's significant and important watersheds to keep the deer out. Many have criticized this idea though, as a fencing project would be astronomically expensive to complete, considering all of the steel that would have to be shipped in from afar, and how rugged and remote some of the places are that would need to be fenced. There are some cultural issues that also complicate matters. Axis deer are actually protected under law in Hawaii, a law meant to protect the subsistence practices of native Hawaiians. This leaves the government in a strange position, where it is vital to control or even eradicate the Axis population, while it is simultaneously necessary to protect them. Like in other parts of the world, many Hawaiians rely on venison in the freezer to feed their families. It's commonly cut thinly, marinated in teriyaki sauce and grilled, slow cooked in a crock pot, 
or ground and used in dishes like local moko, a local specialty consisting of ground meat, gravy, and rice. Like invasive species control everywhere, there are no simple answers. Access deer are not only a Hawaiian problem, they were also introduced to Texas in the early 1930s. Brought over as an exotic meant for enclosed game farms, the animals quickly escaped and started breeding in the wild. By the 1980s, self-sustaining herds were found to be roaming the countryside, competing with native cervid populations. They mostly stick to the southwest of the state, which is quite similar in temperature, topography, and ecology to the habitat they used to inhabit in India. There are an estimated 15,000 free-living access deer in Texas, plus many that are kept in enclosed game reserves, as much as 120,000, making them the most populous exotic ungulate in Texas. I guess that's if you're not counting feral hogs anyways. Axis live side by side with native white-tailed deer and can easily outcompete them for resources. A study conducted by Texas Parks and Wildlife in the 70s put six white-tailed deer and six axis deer in a 96-acre pen with several controls. The two species competed for food and resources and it quickly became apparent that the axis were outcompeting the whitetails. After eight years, the study concluded showing three whitetails left in the enclosure and 16 axes. There are currently fewer than 150,000 axis deer in Texas and about 3.6 million whitetail deer, so there may not be cause for alarm yet, but things can change quickly. A disease or new introduced species could quickly turn that number around. Hunters have been targeting axis in both Hawaii and Texas for over 150 years, and they become a favorite for several reasons. First is their hide. With the beautiful spots adorning a large hide, many hunters will travel specifically to obtain one. Same goes for mounts and trophies. The beauty of the axis deer and their majestic set of antlers have made them a popular hunt at lodges across Texas. The meat from axis is thought to be one of the very best out of any deer as well, with a mild and pleasant flavor. Many hunters will target axis specifically for this meat, and I've heard many wax poetic about how good it is. I actually had the chance to try Axis meat recently after a friend harvested one in Texas. We both agreed that it tasted very nice, but maybe wasn't quite as good as all the hype would have had us believe. I likened it to walleye, which many say is the only lake fish worth eating, but it isn't that much better than pike perch or crappie if you ask me. We concluded that Axis was really tasty, but was quite possibly the walleye of the deer world. Speaking of tasty Axis, you've got to try out Emily's recipe for Axis Wellington, sans mushrooms. This recipe serves four to six and takes about two days to prepare with several hours of active time. Ingredients. One piece of Axis backstrap or loin, eight to 12 inches long. You can replace the Axis with any medium venison loin. Three yellow onions, 1.5 to two pounds of bacon, Two packages of sliced prosciutto ham, stone ground mustard, one package of frozen puff pastry, one egg for egg wash, and butcher's twine. Preparation For day one, truss your entire backstrap with butcher's twine so that it is basically the same diameter across. Chill and pat dry. Dice three yellow onions and caramelize in a pan with butter or oil for 20 minutes. Put them on paper towels and let them drain. 
Brown 1.5 to 2 pounds of bacon and chop into small pieces. Drain very well in paper towels. Sear all sides of the back strap. Spread out some plastic wrap. Spread prosciutto out to cover an area slightly larger than the area of the loin. Mix the onions and bacon, then spread it over the prosciutto. Cover with plastic wrap and press down with a weighted sheet pan. Coat the backstrap with stone ground mustard. Place the backstrap on the edge of the prosciutto. Cut off the trussing string and wrap the loin with the rest of the layers by pulling the plastic wrap up around the backstrap. Twist the plastic wrap as tight as possible and refrigerate overnight. Thaw out your puff pastry in the refrigerator overnight as well. Day 2 Spread out another layer of plastic wrap. Lay out the puff pastry and spread to the size needed to cover the backstrap. Place the backstrap on the puff pastry remove the plastic from the loin. Roll the backstrap in puff pastry by rolling the plastic up over the pastry sealing all edges with water. Wrap the plastic as tightly as possible and freeze for 10 minutes. Preheat oven or grill to the temperature required for the puff pastry as written on the box. Remove backstrap from freezer, place on parchment paper on a baking sheet, brush pastry with egg wash. Insert meat thermometer and cook until safe internal temperature. Let rest for five minutes. Slice and enjoy. For more great wild fish and game recipes, be sure to subscribe and follow Antler and Finn.